Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Uh, this is a poem called Green and Grey. Sorry, no, it's not. <laughs> this is a poem called Solid Earth. I think it's from a book called Green and Grey, from a magazine of verse, but I'm not sure. I'll come back to you. Look in the description. Whatever. It's a great start. Uh, the poem goes something like this. Scurvy doctrine that the world is a bubble. It is much more solid than that. A monument built out of rubble, if you will. A high silk hat with the inevitable brick inside. A perfect whale of a brick. Love to make you vain and pride to make you sick. Um, this is, uh, well, first of all, I got the, the title of the poem wrong and I actually found that, realised halfway through, I was actually reading the wrong poem. Uh, so on that note, Brian uh, is here and Dave is here and Nigel is here. We may even have more guests as we go along. I don't know. Welcome anyway, whoever you are, wherever you are. Uh, Brian, it's a great start uh, to, to, the, to, the, to the podcast. How, how the devil are you? How were your nerves? Uh, during that match, Liverpool versus Watford? Um, I'm brilliant. I'm absolutely brilliant. So glad the football's back. God, how painful was that? How boring was life without Liverpool for those? Felt like forever. Um, but uh, nerves are fine now. But the last the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes uh, uh, of that game, it started to kind of like, oh, okay. I had to listen to Jim Beglin just having woeful commentary the whole time, saying, oh, oh the what nerves are palpable. Okay. Oh, just <laughs> just spin the lingo bingo wheel and, you know, <laughs> just fill in the gap. He, he was saying, oh, you can feel the nerves. Are this is early on in the game. And I was like, right. no, you can't. It's fine. We're okay. We're totally fine. But then in the second half, when we started to kind of just play volleyball and, uh, and hit like chopping passes left right and center i started to feel a little bit twitchy bum um but Me too. you know far could you came watch? to the rescue so could <laughs> you good. could you watch brian because i couldn't watch at that moment i was sort of half looking away and half getting no. distracted and i was just like man i was could you actually in the matrix i just sat there cold <laughs> that ball was going in this title's coming to us we are having our bus rides oh, right. it's on like donkey kong Oh, magic, yeah. magic. Let's it a, hope so. It was a great penalty, but uh, yeah, no, brilliant, man, brilliant. I'm glad you're so well, and you're absolutely right. It did feel like it, the longest international break of our lives. Uh, I think I felt actually that I died and was reincarnated about five or six times during that international break, but here I am back. Dave from Dave's LFC Chats. Dave, the legend from Dave's LFC Chats. How the devil are you, Dave? How are you feeling? Were your, were your nerves hanging up, uh, you know, holding up to the strain or were they shredded like the, you know, like they'd been uh, attacked by Freddy Krueger's fingernails? I was hiding under the bed for the last 15. What was the score? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, look, yeah, it was squeaky bum time, as Brian said. I mean, it was. I mean, when you're 1-0 up and Watford had a few chances, to be fair. They, they, were, they, they played quite well today. I think we, 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 we gave them a lot of respect, let's say that, in the last 15. And unless you get that second goal, 
which ultimately was a late, late penalty. You know, it could have gone. If they, if they would have scored at the crowd, you could feel it. I'd say the atmosphere. A few of my mates were at the game and they're texting me that the atmosphere in the crowd was just palpable. You know, they just didn't know what was going to happen. But look, we got the job done. It wasn't a great performance today, to be fair, but it's all about results at this time of the season. And um, the result was 2-0 and the result was what we wanted today. But performance-wise, it, it was pretty poor, to be fair. I thought it was a poor performance. I thought we would have wiped, wiped them clean. But as I said last week in, in, in the thing, two-week international break, then you've got a, a lunchtime kickoff. It's like leaving your car in the garage for two weeks on your sunny holiday in the Canaries, and you come back and hope that it will start and the battery will start. And today, <laughs> Liverpool has just about started and got us over the hill. <laughs> but it's interesting you say that, David. Just quickly, David, I mean, staying with you for a moment, because we've been saying that a lot in the last yep. four, five, six games, whereas Liverpool, we haven't played well, but we've got the job done. Um, are you worried going into the future about the performance levels? Or are you thinking that, you know, this Liverpool team, like when we got we won the first 25 of our first 26 yep. Premier League games, we just know how to win? I don't know. How nervous are you about that? A bit of both. Um, look, we're, we're, we're scraping wins, you know, scrappy wins, not playing well, winning is a sign of a good team and a sign of a team that could win the league or win trophies. Uh, but for me, I think we've got to up the performance now. I think we're in the quarterfinals of the, F, the Champions League, semi-finals against City in the FA Cup, and next week, the big one, empty hat, which will be full next Sunday, of course, against Manchester City. So, we can't play like we did against Watford today against City. I think we'll be in trouble. I think we got. I think we will. I think we'll rise to the occasion. I think it's a bit of as you say, coming back from our two-week hiatus and uh, the battery was a little bit flat. But I think it'll be recharged on Tuesday night and ready to rock um, into the empty hat on, on Sunday. But I, I think I think don't think you can talk about Sunday at all until you talk about Tuesday because I think Tuesday, Tuesday is the starter. You've got to have a good starter to have a main course. And for me, it's Tuesday. Who's going to bounce into Sunday with a positive result Tuesday or a positive performance Tuesday? And who's going to be negative about it going into Sunday? So I think all eyes are on Tuesday. I love it. I love it. And we we, we shall get to, we shall get talking uh, about that um, very, very soon. But first, you know, I want to stick with today's game. I mean, Tuesday's absolutely, I mean, God, it makes makes you all sort of, ooh, uh, you know, wobbly. What, what's the word? With, with, with adrenaline thinking about it. But today... Mucho happio. Points. Mucho happio. Brian's bringing out the languages, his his polyglot skills. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Brian. And um, uh, but Nigel's here as well. Thank you so much for joining us, Nigel. Um, are you buzzing after that? You know, was it sort of, you know, was it, you know, it, I mean, obviously it was exactly the result we were hoping for, but the performance, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Dave. Are you, are you worried about that? The fact that we weren't vintage, or are you just like, well, job done, bring on the next one? No, I'm not. I'm not that worried. Um, I think these teams, these lower down teams, somebody said it a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember whether it was on this podcast or somewhere else. These teams are up in their game against us when they come. And they're inspired by the Anfield atmosphere. Like they go to the, they go to the empty head and like you might as well be out in the street watching kids kicking, on, kicking the ball up and down on gravel. There's nothing. So these players are getting inspired by coming to see, coming to play against our lads at Anfield and inspired by our crowd. And they can sing your atmosphere is like a library and all they want. It just isn't. It isn't true. Like, there's more atmosphere on the moon than there is in the empty head. So 
um, like on the on on the on the basis of the international break and all that, I was fifty last week, last Friday, and I Happy think it's the birthday. quietest, the quietest birthday I've ever had in my life. Oh man, it was Happy so birthday. quiet. It was so quiet with not with Liverpool not playing. It was just I don't like international football, so. Well, no, I mean, who does really? I don't know. But now, happy speaking, birthday. Oh, Thank speaking you. of birthday parties, speaking of birthdays, my birthday is next Monday week, the day after the empty had. I want a, I want a birthday present. I want a birthday <laughs> present. I want How about three, three pints, Dave? Three pints. I'm not giving yeah. away my age, but I'm a little <laughs> younger than you. <laughs> I, uh, I don't care. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I mean, that's it. Every, we all want three points for our birthday. Every time we get three points, it feels like everyone's birthday anyway. Uh, so that's marvellous stuff. So, I mean, but now, Nigel, we've got the games coming thick and fast, as they say, you know, thicker yeah. and faster than Forrest Gump. You know, it's, 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 it's all compressed, you know, we've, we're, we're, you know, we've got all these games coming up in, in a row. It's the perfect start. Nigel, I'm going to stay with you. Who, who's, who stood out like the first person to come to your head as an, as a, as a, you know, a great player from today, a really positive performance? Thiago Alcantara. Absolute outstanding player on the field. He was absolute magic. Those passes were just, God, if we could have converted one of those quickly, we could have opened them up, you know, just. Uh, like pass after pass after pass. Curtis Jones kicked one into the stand. Oh God, I couldn't believe he did that. It was it was so frustrating. He split <laughs> him wide open with a brilliant pass, and mm. he did it time and time again. And we just kept wasting opportunities to put in crosses by hitting shots from outside the box that we shouldn't have been hitting. It's it's wonderful, isn't it, to see Thiago, um, you oh. know, purring like a like a like a panther. Um, yeah. it's, it, it's absolutely fantastic. Brian, um, uh, Alan's in the chat. Hello, Alan. Uh, and aid is there as well. Great to have you with us guys uh, on YouTube for those of you listening uh, to the audio. And, um, Alan says that, he, um, his, his ass muscle is all better after the international break, Brian. Uh, he wants you to know that. It's so good to know. I was worried you'll about be arse, a... <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, you spent not, two weeks People laugh at arse it. injuries, but arse injuries yeah. are not to be snickered at. They're very serious. You can get into a lot of trouble with someone with arse. And Alan had a very, very serious arse injury. So I'm glad to hear that's That's good news. Oh man. I've got, a, I've got, I've got an anecdote, um, about an old lady and her ass, but maybe I'll save it for another time. It's not exactly okay. football related. Um, <laughs> uh, ask me off air or send me, email me, toponpodcast at gmail.com. I'll put it in, into words. Um, send some money Brian, to Patreon and you'll get the special, the special answer. <laughs> yes, that's what you get if you sign up to patreon.com. Get all the arse comments, commentary. Exactly. Bonus insider arse material. The old lady. Our story is will be yours. I will send that out to all Patreon subscribers. Absolutely, from as little as one US dollar per month, it's well worth, worth it. it for the next seven Any, years. Anybody looking? Anybody looking for a good joke? Look up the, the best, the, the first joke Billy Connolly ever told on national television in 1976 on the Parkinson Show involves an arse. Excellent. That's a great. That's a great tip. That is a great tip. We're getting a little bit sidetracked. But that's good. Sorry. Uh, that's a marvellous thing. Uh, Brian, I kind of forgotten the question I was going yeah. to ask you. Oh, yeah. Standout performers. Um, Tiago Alcantara, as Nigel said, brilliant. Great call. He was absolutely yeah. superb today. You can either talk about Tiago or another 
of the marvellous oh. players that pop into no, your head as having played superb. Go. Tiago, Tiago, Tiago. He is different gravy. My God. It was just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. If there was ever a, an, an example of one extreme of the footballing skill world to another. <laughs> that pass from Tiago to Curtis. And it was just a Rolls Royce of a pass. It's the kind of pass you dream of, of, of making. And uh, then Curtis skied it. And I was like, oh, Curtis, don't do that. Um, uh, he was amazing. As my friend said, he was like shit in a field. He was everywhere. <laughs> you, <know>? so, <laughs> you could see him do everything. He was like, he was in goal. He was in the middle of the pitch. He was up front. He was at the back. He was running the line. It was everywhere. It was unbelievable. One of the best performances I've seen uh, Tiago have. And I, at one stage, I, I just turned around. It's amazing that we're only winning one nil here, and yet Tiago is absolutely having a stonker of a game. He was just brilliant. He did everything right today. He played one. I think he had one dodgy pass or one dodgy moment, but that's okay. He, he's allowed that. Um, but the level of you know, every time Tiago gets on the ball, we all uh, you know, we all get up off our seats a little bit. We think, what's he going to do? Is he just going to Is he going to cycle the ball out, whatever? Or is he going to do something magical? And he did something magical a few times today, and it was just brilliant to watch. You know, so and you can tell he's hungry. He knows we're in it. We're in some special moments now. We're eight weeks to glory, and he can feel it. And he's a born winner. Uh, and you could tell he he wanted to win that game today. He was tackling. He wasn't coming out 50-50s. He was absolutely smashing into tackles. Um, so, yeah, Thiago all day long. It's wonderful stuff, yeah. I mean, his his defensive stats alone are, in cra- are crazy. Five tackles, the most in the team, um, along with Bobby Firmino, who we'll also talk about. Um, he, uh, Thiago also had two interceptions, most in the team. Uh, one clearance. Uh Going in terms of with the ball, he had 84.9% pass accuracy with three key passes. Both of those stats are higher than his midfield colleagues, Jordan Henderson and Curtis Jones. He had more touches than Jordan Henderson and Curtis Jones. Curtis, who of course was substituted after 61 minutes, but Thiago had 99 touches of the ball. Jordan Henderson had 85 and Curtis had 45. Uh, Three key passes for Thiago, two for Jordan, three for Curtis, which is good, uh, uh, and one shot from Thiago as well. But it's not just the stats. I mean, you, you, you can't you can't see it's not at all the stats to to enjoy Thiago's game, is it, Dave? It, it's it's like you know one moment for me. I remember where he was disappointed with himself because he rolled this ball along the the, the a horizontal pass along the floor, and it was just a, a sort of millisecond either too fast or just slightly in the wrong place slightly no one else on the pitch would have even seen the pass and there's Tiago beating himself up over something that was just absolutely so imaginative that uh, you know it's just it's just it's just wonderful even when he gets it wrong it looks amazing Dave uh, we're so lucky to have Tiago aren't we yeah, the, the the key for us is keeping the fit now till the end of the season and playing him in the playing him in the key games that we need him. Um, I was a little surprised he started today. I thought he would have rested him for the Champions League and then possibly 
the, the, the City game because I think the Champions League suits him even more than the Premier League, that type of football, you know, because he's a world-class talent on his day. I mean, he's absolutely brilliant. So for me, key is he stays fit. He stays fit. We we have a real chance, guys, a top-level Champions League, um, FA Cup, whatever whatever you want. I mean, we're, we're in everything. We're in everything to win it. But I think he's part of that spine now, that spine that we all know of, the Allison, the Van Dijk, the Fabinho, the Thiago, the Mossala, even Diaz is becoming part of that spine. So the spine has grown out like a tree. It's really, it used to be four, three or four players. Now it's six or seven players, which is great for Liverpool. But Thiago, as you say, he was the only one really in midfield that put his foot on the ball, slowed it down, speeded it up. Basically the tempo, he controlled the tempo. Jones had a bit of an off day today. He was a bit erratic, let's say. Henderson was good today. Good, solid performance. One. But Thiago was the man who stood out. He was the official man of the match. He was my man of the match. He was the outstanding performer on the pitch today um, for Liverpool. Liverpool had, had an average performance, but he shone out like a little little star there, you know, on the James Webb telescope. He was the man shining brightly. But, um, yeah, brilliant from Thiago. But, but key for me for Thiago was stay fit rest of the season. We have, we have a real show, guys. Real show. Is it likely, though, Nigel, that Thiago will stay fit? Uh, how confident are you that he can do it three games in a week, for example, sun Saturday, Tuesday, and then the big one next weekend? Yeah, it, it, key is managing his, his minutes as well. He's um, he. I wasn't sure about Curtis Jones today, I have to say. Um, we looked an awful lot better when Fabinho came on. It takes pressure off the other two in the midfield when Fab is on there. Like he just does such simple things, um, and lets the other two just uh, let's let Henderson go a little bit further forward, which he's better at with his little bit of movement, and lets him captain a bit more. I think actually than like Curtis Jones. I feel really sorry for the lad, but it just ain't happening at the moment. Um, I think. Do you think you'll come good? I think his minutes are going to be limited. That's the problem. He's going to have to. Come on and come one hell of a game to hope, to hope to have any kind of um, impact where he's going to get proper starts. Um, at the moment, it's not looking too likely. He's an excellent player, unless you want to try him in the where we're trying to play Ox a little bit further forward, maybe without Henderson, play him in the Henderson role, pushing forward rather than where he was trying to play him today, because I'm not sure where he was trying to play him today. But his passing accuracy is usually in the 90%, uh, Brian, uh, Curtis Jones, you know, like he, we, we, we look at it every week, which is, which is amazing to have 90% as, as a midfielder, but then he often plays quite safe. But today with that one, you know, twanger shot, you know, that he tried, uh, you know, it, it seems to like, I don't know, he seems to be quite, uh, you know, maybe Klopp would call him an emotional player. Like things seem to get in his head a little bit. Um, uh, uh, but I mean, I think, I still think he, he'll come good. I think his decision-making will improve. I think he's got great, great talent and technique, but it was the decision-making today that, that perhaps, you know, let him down, Brian. Is that, is that a fair assessment of his game? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, to me, he did two twangers. <laughs> he, he, hit, he hit the same shot the second ah, time. I was okay. like, I can't believe yeah, you okay. just did that again. Honestly, man, uh, it's like, are you are you going to score from there? No, but yes. I mean, I thought about it, 
Um, I, I mean, I feel sorry for him for a little bit because we had such high expectations for him. And I think they were a little bit unrealistically high. I think he's got a Liverpool career ahead of him. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Or, or, and I think he'll be in and around the team. At the moment, he's a squad player and a decent young squad player. And he has an opportunity to be more than that. Um, but at the, but right now, like if you look at him and uh, Harvey Elliott, right? They're, they're in the same zip code. You, you, would, you could argue that he's further ahead than Harvey Elliott in terms of his development, whatever. But Harvey Elliott doesn't hit that ball over the, over the post twice in two games. He might do it once. But usually Harvey Elliott, for a kid, will knock the ball down the channel or just recycle the ball. Or, you know, he plays like an older player, whereas Curtis plays like a young player quite a lot. You know, you, you can't trust him. He, he will do a job for you and he's not going to lose you a game. But it's been a long time since he looked like winning a game. You know, he had a couple of magic moments on the left channel where he cut in and scored some absolute blinders. And, you know, he's a local lad, he sticks it in the top bin. We're all, we all love it. We're all really happy for him. And we're all thinking, is he going to push on? Because he's one of those players that when he gets the ball and he's in the mood and he's playing well, he can make things happen by himself. He doesn't need anybody else to do it. But I think he needs to learn the other aspect of the game. Like, yes, you have maybe you have one of those shots, you know, you put it on target, but you're not Mo Salah yet. <laughs> and you have a job to do. And if you want to keep that position or get more minutes, then you're going to have to do a little bit better than that. You know, I mean, it wasn't bad. He didn't stink the place out, but he didn't exactly help his case either. You know, so but having said that, I think, you know what? He'll stick around. He'll be around for a long time. He may not get as good a contract <laughs> as potentially he could. He can get if he just, if he's setting the, the world on fire. But uh, no, he's, I mean, he's a great player. He's going nowhere. And uh, as you say, he's he. I think sometimes we forget how young he is as well. I mean, he's just twenty one. He's just turned twenty one in in February. I mean, honestly, football manager terms. If you're playing football manager, he doesn't even get into your team. (laughs) He's he's miles away, but he's been in our team for three years. You know, there thereabouts. So I think he's he's not going through one of his best patches at the moment. But give him time. Great answer. Yeah, great answer. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, it is worth repeating his stat of three key passes today was, you know, as many as Tiago managed and Diogo Jota managed who were, and and that they were the top three in our team. Um, Dave, I know you probably have to chip off fairly soon, but I I want to talk to you about a moment of joy. uh, And that was Diogo Jota's goal um, set up by, Joe Alexander Gomez. Uh, what a cross. Um, do you know what? It was a lovely move. And before that, Alisson actually pulled off a save. And it was nil-nil. Yes, exactly. A man running through on Alisson. Now, it wasn't the best save in the world. But, he, he, you know, he went down well. He, he came out at him, came out fast at him, made the striker, made the decision. Great save. And we go up the other end. And a great move. And Gomez with a lovely ball. And Jota has got the de lotta. What a header. Gets in between the two centre-halves. A small little fella. And he is one hell of a header of the ball. He's he's up there. Like, Ronaldo's a brilliant header. Another Portuguese uh, player. But what a header of the ball that guy is. He, he's got something special about him. He's got that little fox in the box about him that we don't have. 
with the other strikers. That's why I like Jota. You know what I mean? He gives you something different than all the other boys. He, he can get little tap-ins. He can score headers. He can score rippers. He, you know, he's a bit of pace and he's a bit of a niggle about him. He's like an old-school centre-forward, isn't he? And I absolutely love him. But what a player Jota is. But uh, just a quick word, because I'll be going in about 10 minutes. But I just want to say something about Curtis Jones. As you said, he's just gone 21. He's young. I think he won't go anywhere. I heard people on Twitter talking about going out on loan. He's not going to. He's a first-team player. He's not going to be going out on fucking loan. Forget about loan. Klopp likes him. You know, he's a lot of development still there, still to do. He's a local lad. I think he'll come good, whether he'll be a Thiago or someone like a, a Henderson or even a... Uh, he won't be as good as them. I don't think he'll get to that level. But as you say, I still think he's a lot more to learn. He's a lot more to do. I think he, I think Liverpool's the team for him, the squad for him. Air midfield's getting old. It's not getting any younger. He's only 21. He can be potentially there for 10, 12 years. Um, I think he has a good career ahead of him. He's just got to stick in there. You know, stick in there. He um he has something about him. There is something about him. That goal he got against Everton, the top corner job, when he was only breaking on the scene, everybody thought, this is it, this guy is the next. People are talking about Steven Gerrard even at that stage, but come on, let's be real. But if he can stay in the squad and be a force team and come on and play in certain amount of 10, 15 games a year, I mean, that's just... To get into, get into Liverpool's squad is amazing enough. You know, maybe then get it move if it doesn't work out in two or three years. But I don't, I can't see him going anywhere. He's been a bit unlucky as well with circumstances and stuff. But I, I like Do you think it's his hair? Do you think it's his hair? I think it's his hair. I think it's his hair. I, I think it's TikTok. It's, it's, it's TikTok at much. that age. Harvey Elliott has to be careful to be a TikTok boy as well. He should go to Harvey like Elliott's hairdresser and that would exactly everything that's, out. That's my problem with all the young players. Saka at Arsenal now. Get away from your TikTok and your Instagram dancing like Oxley Chamberlain. Ever since he did that dance with his wife, he's gone downhill. <laughs> there must be a link. There must be a link. Uh, there you go. You've, you've heard it here first. Stay away from TikTok. Uh, don't dance. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, but interesting comments coming in as well from uh, people. Alan says in the chat that Jones needs to stop trying to do something amazing. Just play the simple game, be reliable, uh, building up minutes and the chances will come. Whereas Jack Mack says he thinks it's a good idea basically to send him out on loan. He, he says if we can bring in another more experienced central midfielder to replace Jones to give him first team footy in the premiership would be uh, premier league excuse me it would be massive for his his development um yeah i mean i can see both scenarios uh, working out well for curtis if he does go out on loan to a place where he's guaranteed to play a full season for example he could benefit from that if it was in a good team but i i'm siding with i'm on dave's side i think it'd be better to keep him around and play him into form but uh but the goal dave before you i mean so before you do chip off the goal diogo jota's goal how did you react when that ball went in was it just suddenly were you did you leap to your feet like uh i, I won't finish the analogy i've like got in my head like a salmon i had something a lot worse in my head yes like no, a salmon I yes, jumped okay. from underneath the bed where i was hiding for most of the game <laughs> and i took the mattress off my head and could not believe it went back into dreamland of winning the quadruple there you go <laughs> excellent answer excellent stuff but yeah diogo jota was there um nigel diogo diogo jota the 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 slaughter i mean he, he ended up with six shots a double what Firmino and Salah had, and they were our second, equal second best uh, for amount of shots today. 
Diogo ended up with six shots. I mean, he's just there. Uh, you know, um, you know, he tries them from everywhere. He tried a long shot. He tried uh, various things today, various ways of scoring. Perhaps he should have done better with a couple of headers, maybe. But it's just, it's just, he's just a wonderful player to have around. Does he get in your team, Nigel? You know, for example, on Tuesday, are you keeping him in the front three? Um, I probably am starting off himself and Mo, and I'd actually start Diaz because he knows Porto. I'd just like to come back to Dave's previous comment on his mattress. Did your mattress go into the corner like like the corner like like the header, Dave? Um, mattress Mick is very happy. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 there's a guy over here in Ireland. If you don't know me, he sells mattresses, and his company's called Mattress Mick. And I, I met him one day and I was saying to him, you could actually have a cartoon called Mattress Mick and Duvet Boy. <laughs> or Duvet Dave. I mean, it could keep the alliteration going. No, very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah. no, uh, I'd just, yeah. just, just like to say about, um, as well, um, Jot is brilliant in the air. And you're all about Ronaldo heading the ball. But the problem is Ronaldo's head is the size of the statues on Easter Island. Like... <laughs> You know, he's a big, huge head. Like, he can't miss the ball. But, uh, yeah, John has, John has got a great leap. You know, he's, his spring is very good. His timing is very good. And he just gets it. He got into, he got into the gap. <laughs> well, yeah. Something like that. It's too good. Non-spot. I mean, you can't argue, can you? He's absolutely right. Absolutely right. But, uh, but no, Dave mentioned Alison Becker. As yeah. well, Nigel. Superb. Alice, Superb. Alison what a save. was unbelievable today. Yeah. I mean, what a save, but what a guy. He tried a couple of drag backs again, like he's doing every week now, giving us not just kittens, but, you know, <laughs> litters, a whole menagerie of baby animals. Uh, every week he's trying it. But, you know, is it, is it, is it, is it, are you getting, is it easier for you to watch Alison do these crazy things now because you just 100% trust him? Or is Absolutely. it still a bit, well, it gets, a bit, it gets a bit iffy if he makes a mistake, but it's like Ray Clements again. Nothing for 89 minutes, and then he has to pull off a save, and he does. And it might not be in the best save in the world, but he still had to make it, and he did. We broke down the field and scored. There's the difference. Like the only, I think the only goalkeeper that comes anywhere near him in the Premier League is Mendy. Other than that, De Gea is a good keeper, but he's getting plenty of practice. Um, I think our lads are. I think I think he's those two. I think and M- Mendy and I think Allison is number one. I wouldn't have Ederson. There's a mistake in him. I, I, I'm not. I'm not that fond of him. I think Allison's ten times better than he is. Um, well, I just, like it. Yeah, go on. I don't know. That's that's it. Really, it's just I, I just don't think like there's all these agendas coming out. I don't know if you heard. I turned down the sound on McManaman and the other guy when they were doing the commentary, but I heard a bit of the, the bit of the start and they were talking about, they were talking to Zola and they were talking to uh, Crouch and they were talking to Les, Les Ferdinand. Um, yeah. And they were just, they were just generally talking and I, like, like Watford could possibly get something out of the game and however they set up and stuff like this. Like we seem to be written, written off at every turn by these Experts, I won't listen to McManaman. He's absolutely terrible. Um, he's, what, 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 oh God. what drivel was he spouting today? What I don't know. I don't nonsense. know. I, I see. I seen stuff coming up on Twitter. 
I, I, oh, the way he goes on, I wasn't even listening to it. I turned down the sound on McTelly and turned up the sound on Liverpool on the Liverpool on Liverpool TV. And I, I had way of doing it. Yeah. I I had I had Steve Hunter and Alan Kennedy. So I was pretty happy okay. with that. Classy. That's that's the way to enjoy your matches, not with Steve McManaman's. I mean, I don't know if he's ever said a you know a sharp thing or is it I mean it's all just sort of drooly uh, nonsense, isn't it, Brian? But uh, from McManaman's uh, you know, mad mouth. It's like I think he's slightly mad uh, because I don't know if, if 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 I can boil it down to such simple terms. But uh, I don't know. Um, from today, Alison Becker, uh, Brian. I mean, I've spent the last two weeks, as as we all have, thinking about the title race, thinking about the quadruple, and thinking about the key players in it. And the key players, great performers this season. And Alison Becker has been great, hasn't he, Brian? And he was brilliant again. He's worth his weight in um, in, in meteorite stone, which is much more valuable than gold. Yeah, well, it's funny you mentioned meteorite stone because we all know my feelings towards Alison and his beautiful face and his beautiful hair, <laughs> his big, massive hands. He's just <laughs> the coolest dude on the planet. And, you know, every time he plays, especially at Anfield, I always have this image of him just getting his ukulele out and serenading the lady and jumping on his white horse and just walking off, you know, another three points, save the day again. But now his white horse has got wings, it's a Pegasus, and he flies to Mount <laughs> Olympus because he's fucking Zeus at this stage. The man can do no wrong. <laughs> Guys, everything I wanted to be in this life, and, and I'm not. You know, uh, I wish I could have his hair. I wish I could have his beautiful eyes or his, his ability to sing a beautiful a ballad. What can he do? He's just amazing. And then he gets tested. There's always a moment where somebody's fucked up somewhere and one of these shit teams are one-on-one -on -one with Alisson. And he's like, no bueno. It's not happening today. Bang stops and not only that he'll start off an attack almost straight away bang yes. pins the ball out onto the ch into the channel and it's a goal you know he's amazing amazing i just i can't think of a i mean i wasn't lucky enough to see liverpool play back in the the, the previous glory days so i don't really have anything to you know to, to reference to but you know that other fellow over in uh well, with, what the empty ad is that what you call it? That's just brilliant. <laughs> the guy's got a, a tattoo of a bomb on his neck. No, we're not having him. That guy, I don't even know what is it a bomb. I don't know what it is, but it's just just just. If you're gonna have a tattoo on your neck, make sure it's a good one, and it's not a good one, right? So, we're not having him. And Mendy, maybe, but is he a is he a god? No, Allison is. So another another day at the office for Allison. This is what he does, week in week out. Best goalkeeper in the world for me right now. Excellent. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Absolutely. Um, Dave, maybe one, one last question to, 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 I don't know, to hear your thoughts on Jurgen Klopp, because uh, there was a stat that someone sent me, uh, sent us on a WhatsApp group um, from Karen, our friend Karen. Exactly. 160 wins from 250 games, uh, which is more than Mourinho got. And Mourinho, remember, inherited a stellar More than team. Ferguson got. More than Ferguson got as well. Um, and Jürgen is 
uh, I don't know, finish the sentence. <laughs> Jürgen I, I, is I, what? I just I wanna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go back to go forward. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna have a quick one about what Brian was talking about, Alison Becker. I have to talk about my own mate, Alison Becker. So, just real on. quick, um, he would be perfect for an old spice ad. You're the guy on the horse, he would be <laughs> absolutely yes. perfect for that, yes, or absolutely. even a milk tray ad. I was just oh, gonna say the man the from milk tray. tray. Yes, exactly. Um, there you go. Look, Jurgen Klopp. I've been saying it. I've been saying it for 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 years. Well, two three years now. Jurgen Klopp is basically almost like Shankly reincarnated. He has Shankly DNA for me. The way he talks, the way he knows the city, loves the city, loves the people. Just the way he conducts himself, the man manager that he is. He's more Shankly than Paisley. Let's let's be real for me. And he just never puts a foot wrong. Instills religious. Fever into these players when they come out onto the pitch, into the cathedral or whatever you want to call it at Anfield. So, I mean, what can I say? I can't say anything bad about him. I mean, it's just just ridiculous. The my problem is he only has two years left on his contract, and um, everybody's talking about Mo Salah signing an extension and everybody else signing extensions. If my biggest one would be if Jurgen would sign a bloody extension because he is the glue, he is the foundation. I mean, Shankly was the foundation of Liverpool, let's be real, of the House of Anfield, basically. Then Paisley came in and put up the bricks and the doors. But I think Klopp is putting a penthouse up there, baby. Klopp has the penthouse up there, and he has one hell of a penthouse. And I'm hoping to fill it with trophies by the end of this season. But Klopp, for me, is the main man at Liverpool. Forget about Mo Salah. I'd love him to sign and stuff like that, but it's, it's Klopp. It's all about Klopp for me. He's been unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and the year, the week he came in, my man passed away. In October 2015, my mom was sick and she passed away. That week he came into Liverpool, so my mind was somewhere else. So, eventually, you're looking at club. I think we got nil-nil away to Spurs in his first game. Something like that. I think it was a draw at Spurs. But, I mean, I knew at the time the Dortmund feeling as well. You've got the Dortmund connection with Liverpool. It's a working class. It's similar to Liverpool. You, you know, you've, you've got the, the scene you never walk alone and the crowd and the love of the fans to the, the closeness to the club and like like in the Dortmund family. So there is connections there between Liverpool and Dortmund and Klopp and Liverpool. And it was always going to work. I never in my wildest dreams thought it would work the way it has worked out. And the level that we're at now, as you just said, 160 wins out of 250. We're breaking fucking more records than the Beatles. We're, we are like record breakers. We are, we you know, it's record breaking all over the shop. And I just hope and dream that he gets an extension onto his contract because, as I say, he's only got two years left, 2024, even go to 26. And I have a feeling, a little slight inside feeling that he actually might extend by a year or two because he likes what he sees too. Well, you got to wonder, don't you? I mean, where 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 he's going to go? I mean, he's still too young to be he'd be bored by international football as much as the german fa would love to have him um you know he's a club football manager let's you know we don't it's know intense, him, but... it's intense for his family you have to think of his wife ula yeah 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 and and yeah. there was kids with two kids are like late 20s like kevin and i forget the other guy's name but i mean they're not they're not kids really are they? but i mean you have to think of that as well he took the year sabbatical off at, at dortmund he's been talking about doing it at liverpool would you let him go away in 2024 if he said he was coming back a year later? I would. Let Pep yeah. stay there. Absolutely. Have Klopp on the phone. That's yeah. a possibility. That is a I possibility. Th I think, that is an I outside think, chance. 
they, they, they've been doing things that other clubs haven't, you know, getting being the first to get in the throwing coach or yeah. one of the first, and and etc. Et exactly, he's been on Dave's LFC chats a few times, yeah. hasn't he? He's great, great lad, and uh, really interesting interviews. Check that out, listeners. And um, the uh, yeah, but I, I I just think maybe we can do something like that, you know, say to Klopp, go away, spend time with your family. But that year sabbatical, don't forget. Um, only it was only about three months, and he couldn't hack it. He obviously couldn't hack life without regular footing. Uh, Nigel, you want to come in yes, here? Yes, yeah, I do because I think there might be a little pointer. What Dave said as well that he might sign a new contract. Look what we've signed in the last few days. Looks like we've got the guy from Fulham, Carvalho. We've signed that young guy from Derry, the fifteen-year-old Trent. Coney, whatever his name is. And we've signed this other young kid as well. We've got three kids who are coming in who Klopp hopefully will be able to work with. And uh, I think he might, if he start keep developing kids like that, he might stay for the extra few years. I just think it might be a good pointer that he might. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, yeah, these kids can show him that, uh, you know, it's, it, it's going to be just fun to stick around. Um, there you go, Brian. Are you holding up hope that uh, Jurgen can stay? I mean, Jack Mack in the comments, by the way, says Jurgen is fucking boss, and that's a uh, very succinctly put. Well done, Jack. Uh, Brian, um, <laughs> he is fucking boss. He's unbelievable. Yes. And uh, you know what? Uh, I don't know. What would you do to? Um, I don't know. You know what? I think you guys, the guys, might be right. I think this, this is a small part of me now is thinking maybe he might extend for one more year, one year, um, because, you know, things are going so well on the pitch. Things are going so well in the squad. Things are going so well at the club with the fans. The fans in the club have never been closer. Yes, FFG have, have you know, made a couple of, put their foot in it a few times, but generally fans are happy with everything right now. And the way the club's going, where we're growing, and the way everything's moving, and it just seems like a, a you know, you'd be leaving at the, which the, the best is yet to come. You know, you don't feel like there, this project is at the end yet. It's, I think we're still going up. We're still going up, and he loves the city, loves it, like it's in his marrow. You can tell. Um, and what's not to love, right? And he loves the people. He loves the fact that it's a music city. And I mean, he did a couple of great, great uh, interviews during the week there in the, the off time. And man, he just talks so much sense. And he's such a humble, humble, humble man. I mean, if anybody deserves to talk about the boot room and Shankly, it's him. But he opened up, you know, I think the interviewer was asking him, and so do you think you guys are uh, the boot room? And he goes, well, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it or not. It's like, yes, you are. You're allowed to say it. You've earned that. He's uh, it's just a joy. I mean, as much as it is a joy to watch this team, I feel very lucky to, you know, have this manager um, in my life, you know, for a protracted period of time. Because, you know what, when, when, when things are going pear-shaped or whatever, Jurgen Klopp comes on twice a week, has a chat, and we all listen to him, and we all feel a bit better. You know, whether it's uh, talking about football or, you know, the journalists are asking him about something else. He always talks with great degree of control and measurement. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Dave's idea about a, a year off is brilliant. I mean, it, that's like in the world of football, that's revolutionary. <laughs> um, why not? You know, if he if, if he's only if he if he's only leaving just to decompress because he hasn't had a break for so long, and that's the only reason he's doing it, then why are we forcing him to go to another club to start? Up? Why can't we say Pep's going to run stuff while you're away? Go on, go on holiday. Switch your phone off for a year. We'll keep, like, as he always says, we'll be like uh, a dutiful wife waiting for the soldiers that go off to war. We'll wait for you, Jurgen, <laughs> and uh, you know, we'll keep your your beer tanker warm or cold or whatever. I think it's a great idea, but uh, he may he may just feel like his job is done and it's time to pass the baton on. You know, the one good, the great thing about him, unlike other very famous, well known managers. Is he's it's as important to him to leave the club in in a better place than when he. It's not about his achievements. It's not about you know the special one or you know feathering his cap. It's about building the club up and putting it in a in a place where when he leaves, they'll be very well set up to carry on. Rather than you know oh what happens now because we all saw what happened when Ferguson left. It was a complete vacuum. The, the life that destroyed that club, you know, he, every, every road went through that guy. Um, and he made no um, efforts to, to build a club afterwards when he went, all he cared about was getting that title. Um, and whereas uh, I'm, I didn't know about those signings that um, you guys mentioned it, uh, the, the, the Fulham lad and uh, the lad over in Ireland. It's brilliant. So we don't know. We'll see, you know, I'm hoping he stays. If he doesn't go, he'll 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 go with my blessing and my eternal thanks, you know. And I, I hope he writes a book because I'll read every word of it over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Or you can just you know watch all the highlights, more the games again. There are some amazing compilations already of us. For example, I was watching the other day of you know great European nights. I mean, we all know which ones they are. But just to see them again and again and again is just beautiful. Uh, next up is Ben Fika. Um, you know, Dave, if you, if you do have time to give us your thoughts on on Ben Fika on Tuesday, yeah, no how, how are you feeling about it, well, basically? Just before we go, that Boot Room on. Uh, show on BT Sport, I think it's on Tuesday. It's called the Boot Room, boys, I think. Um, another one of my mates, Peter Hooten from The Farm, actually is the interviewer. And I DM'd him after he interviewed him and actually asked him the question on Klopp because now he's a top red since the 70s. I've already had him on my show a few times, but he was saying that I was asking, what is Klopp like? You've been with him there for the last three hours, having cups of tea with him. He says, he's exactly what you see. He's like a Ron Seal boy. Exactly what you see on the tin. Basically. And he's what you get. There's, there's no fakeness. You know, he's what you see. Yeah, you can tell, like can't you? Yeah, he's a very genuine guy. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, and we're going into we're going into Benfica. So just to, just before you give your thoughts, I mean, just to let you know, Benfica lost their last match. If you didn't know, they lost three two to Braga away. Uh, Braga went two nil up um, on sixty minutes. Then Benfica pulled it back to two two with two quick fire goals, a penalty, and then a goal three minutes later in the seventy seventh minute to make it two two. And from then, you would think they would go on and win it, but no. Braga snatched a winner just two minutes after Benfica had equalised. So they lost Braga 1-3-2. Benfica 
lost 3-2. And it leaves them after 28 games in the Portuguese league on 61 points, 12 points behind the leaders, Porto. Um, so they're not in great form. I mean, they beat Estoril before that. They beat Ajax before that, of course, with that 1-0 win. Everybody said it, said it was jammy, but I'm not sure because I didn't see it. Um, but what do you reckon for Benfica? I mean, it was the easiest draw in the end. Uh, so, but I mean, I don't know. Is complacency a, an enemy here? Yeah, I, I think the only thing that could beat us is complacency. It won't be Benfica. Um, you know, I think we just got to go into the game. It's quarterfinals of the European Cup. You know what I mean? And we're, I think we're on the right side of the draw with Villarreal and Bayern Munich. I don't fear either of them if we do get through to the semi. I, I think we've got to go into that game and get a, a positive result, hopefully a win. Way goals don't count anymore. So just get a win. Go for the win. We should be too good for Benfica. As you say, we, we're so good against Porto and they're even a, a level higher than Benfica. But you never know. I mean... They've nothing to lose. They're the underdogs. They're at home. I expect a tough game on Tuesday night. But as I said, this game, for me, does a lot for Sunday. This game, for me, is, is the, the starter. You know, you're going to a nice five-star restaurant. You're sitting down. He's coming over to ask you what you want. I'm not thinking about the main course. I'm already on. I want my starter. And this is the starter for me before I even think of the main course. So I think we've just got to be professional. I think Diaz does start. I really do. He knows the Portuguese league, obviously, inside out. He's a decent record against Benfica. I think Jota does be in a Portuguese international too. And Mohala, the king of Egypt. I think those three will start up front. And Thiago starts in midfield. Fabinho, Hendo. I think we've got to go back to the famous three. Um, and uh, Trent comes back in with the back four of a Robbo Van Dijk. Question is, I think Kanate could start because I think Matip will be rested for the City game. He won't play three games in a row. I think Matip will probably step aside. Kanate, for his pace and his physicality, will come in. They're a pacey side, Benfica. They have a decent centre-forward, a big centre-forward up front. He got the goal against Ajax. Um, Ajax had chances in that game. I've seen it. They do give a few chances away. We just got to be clinical on Tuesday night. But I fully expect Liverpool to beat Benfica over the two legs, possibly even two games, beat them home and away. Uh, a lovely answer. Absolutely. Um, if Benfica are the starter, um, you would hope, Nigel, that they play Vertonghen and Otamendi at, cent at centre-back, in which case they would be the Uff mayonnaise and we can just slather a load of mayonnaise on them and wolf them down. Surely, Nigel, I mean, this is... Jeez, I, didn't, I didn't know those two were there. Exactly. No, I mean, that's why they conceded three goals against oh, Braga the other day. I mean, for, yeah. for Tonga was actually substituted uh, before the end of the match. I'm not sure why, Jeez. but um, hopefully they'll play, uh, they'll play on Tuesday, or at least one of them will play. And uh, wow, we I, should I, destroy them. I'd fancy myself to stop uh, Salah more than Otamendi would. Jesus Christ, he's terrible. <laughs> he's a shocking player. He's a big, awkward lump. He can't, he can't turn. It's like watching Maguire all over again. It's very. They are very Just similar. You're right. Get him. Mm. Get him running, turning. Get the ball down the channels, in behind. Get their forwards to run in behind. Get Diaz to run in behind them in the channels and he'll be all over the place. He won't know what way to go. Jesus, I it's didn't a, know them two were there. It's a, it's I really a, didn't. It's a, <laughs> excellent stuff. Brian, are you equally um, you know, amazed that these two uh, cart horses are still wheeling the cart around the track? Yeah, we were uh, we were playing Pro Evo uh, in between games and uh, we were battering City uh, at the MTRs. 
and then as a little uh, little moose bouche into the game, we put on Benefica <laughs> away, and uh, I was like, Jesus Christ, these guys are shit. <laughs> it's like holy footballs. If this is anything <laughs> like the real team, this is going to be awesome. You could drive three double deckers. I mean, it's a computer game, but you know, it's you know, it's a very accurate computer game. Yeah, all over the place, and then we we had automatic. Autom- I can never pronounce his name. The the uh, Patongan and uh, the other guy, Nicholas Mallet Heads, Mallet Heads, yeah. uh, <laughs> named. And it was like, fuck, that's where they ended up. Huh? Wow, we're playing these two arseholes on the week. This is going to be awesome. And then and City have to play fucking Atletico. You know, exactly on the on the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where, the, where their very souls are going to be sucked out of them. Uh, you know, it's brilliant. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think um, I think Benfica away is a brilliant game for us, you know, considering it's the quarterfinals and we've got a big game coming up. It'll give Klopp a chance to rotate and you'd have to think that we are going to turn up professional, not taking anything into granted and, and going there and, and stamping our authority on the game and, and taking the win. Um, but they don't hold anything. There's no fear for me about Benfica. I'm not saying we're just going to rock up and we'll win because you, you don't do it anywhere, and it is the quarterfinals of the Champions League. But we we should have way too much for them. We could we could end the tie with this game. You know, go there, score. I mean, I'll take anything, literally. Um, but you know, I think we will have way too much. And if if their centre backs are as described, then it should be a joyous night. Diaz, Diaz is playing. You know he's playing. He's going to tear them a new arsehole. It's going to be awesome. Let's hope <laughs> so. Let's hope it's another. It's another win. It's a proper tearing. They need to. They need surgery after this one, Dave. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at Liverpool's results, right? On on. Sorry, uh, sorry, time. Alan, for all the mentions of arseholes and tearing. Time <laughs> <laughs> for you. It's descended again, uh, but there oh, you go. This, well this, this has been a very anal podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, but no, uh, there's a great website called Soccerway. It gives you. It's a really like a one at a glance look at Liverpool's results, right? And it's there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Dave, we've won fifteen of the last sixteen games. We haven't even drawn. We've won fifteen. Of the last 16 games. The only one we lost didn't matter a jot because that was against Inter. That was an interesting game. It but, was um, an interesting game, but yeah, I yeah. mean, we, we, you know, they, they're going to, yeah, book their hospital, book their cosmetic surgery. <laughs> uh, Look, we're, we're on a roll. We're on a Swiss roll. I mean, we're, we're literally, we're in dreamland. Um, I, I think complacency is the only thing that can beat us. I really do. I, I think we just we, we roll into Benfica. I mean, if we put in a performance, even even a, a decent performance, I think we'd be too good for Benfica. Probably even take a two-goal difference going into the next game. And as I say, I think it's so important to get a positive performance and result Tuesday night because then you're bouncing into the empty had stadium ready to rock. And I'm hoping across the road where they're at home we're away so they're at home and i'm hoping they get a bruiser they get a real bruiser against atletico madrid and a shithousery all over the shop and that atletico are still in the, in the round 
you know, you're not hoping that City beat them three or four nil and it's more or less over so they can relax and think about the game. I want them thinking about City, about Atletico, even before our game because we know they have never won the bloody European Cup and it's the one they really want badly, I'm sure. So I think Tuesday's huge, absolutely huge. If we can get a positive result, get a win, all eyes bouncing into into Sunday at the empty head stadium. And hopefully City is the opposite way and they're still in, you know, they still maybe a 1-1 or even only a 1-0 or something like that. So it's huge. Tuesday's huge. And I, for one, can't not wait. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think on that note, we, we, we may as well call it a day. I do want to just clear up uh, the, the intro that completely messed up. Uh, I actually read part of a poem called Solid Earth by William Rose Benet, who's a really good poet, uh, just discovered uh, today, actually, when I was trying to find a good poem. And the poem I was supposed to read out was, was called Bad Nerves by Walter Pavlich. And I just want to read you the start of it because I think it's great. Uh, it goes to, uh, and thank you, by the way, to, for joining me, uh, Brian and, and Dave and Nigel, and thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, just to finish, this is um, Bad Nerves by Walter Pavlich. On the jangly days, they fret on their own, drunk on adrenaline, great beakers of it in a mad boil. Symbol crash of the telephone, barking dogs with megaphones, nervous rumours of dust, the mind aluminum, the world flashing off it. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you soon. You'll never walk alone. Yes.